so hard for 15 years. Father didn't miss him and his mother didn't care. After a while they forgot about Earl and his girlfriend said, who cares? Stun, 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 Earl. Stun, 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 Earl. Stun, 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 Earl. In this little town, life went on the same till one hot July, and no rain came. Great big fire set the country ablaze, and everyone cutting fire breaks. Ah, they saw it and they saw it, but they couldn't tell to run. The smoky fumes and the fiery tongues, they were losing fast, it was looking bad. Who would save their town? Save me! Save me! Nobody knew, neither foe nor friend, that Earl had grown to seven foot ten. Arms like culverts, legs like trees, fists like hammers and hairy knees. Shave me, shave me. Far off in the woods above the din and the roar came a sound nobody had heard before. Trees were falling like a tidal wave to a monster. John's a red chainsaw. Chain, chain. Bar was ten foot two, turned the air all purple and blue. Tasmanian devil in twenty minutes flat made the landscape look just like Iraq. With the trees all limbed and the fire break made, the townsfolk saved from a charcoal grave. People gathered, shouted, and cheered. Hooray for this forest disposal unit. Lighten up a smoke, he laid the chainsaw down, said, I'm the guy who saved your town. <laughs> then Earl knocked over a drum of gas, just as he threw away his match. All the gas exploded and the town burned flat, and Earl ran off just like a scalded cat. It's been 15 years, his father said. And he still as stunned as me arse. Stunned, stunned as me arse. Stunned, stunned, stunned as me arse. Stunned, stunned, stunned as me arse. Was. That's one of our phenomenal bands from Canada, Buddy What's-His-Name and the other fellas, telling their stories through comedy and music. And we're just waiting for Cypher to give us a call. And in the meantime, let's give one of Cypher's tunes a whirl. Here is Breathe by Cypher, and we'll get them to talk about that as soon as they give us a ring. Ring Ring-a-ding-ding, guys! Yeah. 
Jason, we got you on the air on HGB. There you go. I think I have everybody together now. All right. Awesome. 
and we are live on the air. <laughs> How are you guys doing today? Good. How are you doing, Carl? Not too bad at all. I've been sneezing all day, so I hope I don't start sneezing during the program. <laughs> you guys will think I'm allergic to you or something. So we've got Mike and Jason on the phone, and they are part of Cypher. The, and you guys are located in London, Ontario. That's right, eh? Uh-huh. All righty. And how's London tonight? Is it like uh, feeling like winter, or is it uh, still holding off? It's really? cold. It's cold, yeah. yeah. Cold and never mind. I won't go there. It's cold. <laughs> <laughs> Give me one sec. Well, we just got done playing your song, Breathe. Um, and nice. good choice. Yeah, tell us a little bit about that song and, and what was the inspiration behind it. Jay had a cold. That's <laughs> <laughs> <It's> actually, <laughs> actually the inspiration behind the song. Jay had a cold standing at a bus stop. Is it really? Well, I was, I was basically, as the story goes, I was uh, standing at a busy intersection in London and I had a cold... And the concept of the fact that I'm out in public breathing out, you know, breathing out the cold virus, and it could land on anybody. And, of course, my creative brain starts swimming, and the basic lines for uh, for breathe came out. <laughs> so I put them into my phone, and then we were working on subversion. It's like, oh, I got something. It's, you kind of got to understand how we songwrite to get that. Like, it, it seems like such an obscure thing to inspire a song off of, but we will write an entire song because one line sounded cool. Um, Breathe is a good example. Another one off that same record called God Thing. Um, we, we came up with the song title. We, we name our songs weird things um, when we're recording them, working titles. And uh, we had this one with this operatic singing at the start of it, so we just called it The God Thing. And uh, the whole song developed from the title. So a lot of the times, if we don't have a concept for a song, it, it could come from something like Jay Had a Cold, or We Had a Neat Title, or... Um, I saw something on TV that I thought was neat. Uh, it, it, we pull inspiration from everywhere, so it's kind of cool. And how did you guys? How did you guys? What was your inspiration to get into like electronic music? Like, what what was the draw for that for you guys? Uh, for me, I was um, very very young when someone introduced me to goth music. So bands like Field of the Nephilim. Um, Lords of the New Church, stuff like that. And it was this dark, weird sounding music. And of course, that was like late 70s, early 80s. Um, and in the 80s, you had bands that took it one step farther bands like The Cure and Depeche Mode and stuff like that. And I went, wow, that's really cool sounding. What is that? And uh, when. I think my first exposure to really heavy electronic style music was when I heard my first Kraftwerk album. And I was like, whoa, you can do that with a computer? <laughs> <laughs> See, I come, I come at music from a bit of a 90 degree angle to that because when I first started with uh, 
listening to bands like Tangerine Dream when I was 10. My father had some albums by them. So I kind of came from the experimental, you know, let's, you know, let's play with this instrument and see what happens kind of a thing. Um, and I, with industrial, I came, I came at it from Power Noise, which is a very heavy, rhythmic, like the, like the term says, it's it's ba it's rhythm based off of noise. So, like so, Mike and I come at each other at these tangents, and in the studio, that's where you know the light bulbs start going off. I mean, Jay comes from a very experimental sounding. Um, things like Tangerine Dream, Godspeed, You Black Emperor, cool stuff like that that I like to listen to, but I wouldn't list them amongst you know the greatest bands in the world. Um, whereas I come at it from a very metal point of view. Um, I'm a huge closet metalhead. Well, I'm not so closet, but I'm a big metalhead. And I love, you know, just that heavy, angry sound. And, and industrial music for me was always a blend of the two. And the one place our music intersects completely is punk rock. We both like punk rock. And uh, that's where the term... Um, we kind of switched from calling ourselves industrial to electropunk a few, about a year ago, um, because we started writing punk music with electronic instruments, and uh, it just turned into what it is now. So that's how we got into. It. Is that how you would describe "Breathe"? Would you describe that as like a punk electro uh, song, or was that more towards what you used to do? Breathe is really the end of our quote-unquote hardcore industrial days. Um, that whole album, Subversion, was... That was our... We did a, a, a real, real, uh, I don't know, would you call it experimental album for the first record, Jay? Yeah, it was kind of a concept album, really. We did a concept album with Overthought, and um, we wanted to do something that was more commercially palatable. Um, so we did a straight-up industrial record. I mean, Breathe is just an old... It's an industrial song. As an old industrial DJ, I can say it goes in every industrial set. The, the you know, from that keyboard line, that dun 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 dun. dun, dun. It's it, the beat. Everything it, it falls in line. When you listen to Real Politics, the album we just put out, we scaled everything way back. Um, industrial music has always been how much cool sound can I put in one song? And when we did Real Politics, we went, well, let's scale back. That's a really cool sound. Let's just use that sound to make an entire song out of it. And uh, it's got more of that simplistic, not that, I, I shouldn't say punk is simple. I mean, I couldn't play half of it, but um, it's got that bass sound to it, that, that real basic sound with the, the, the very, very, politically driven lyrics over top of it so punk's more about message than sound I think yeah, so Virgil is a lot more metaphorical in a lot of ways whereas we kind of turned that on its ear for real politics and said let's hit it hard with what we're seeing and if and so it just kind of took off in a different direction from there because 
you know, we when we whenever we start an album, we say, okay, we're going to do this kind of album, and we make a few demos, and they all suck. <laughs> <laughs> and we're we we look at each other and question why we ever did that in the first place, and then we just go, well, why don't we just start from scratch? And like I mentioned in the interview, you know, our process is, is very mashed together with recording, mixing, mastering, all that kind of stuff, because, you know, Mike and I will have hour-long phone conversations about, you know, and not even necessarily about the record specifically, but about something we've read or something, and then Mike will come over to my studio, and it's just like, boom, okay. (laughs) We start improvising, we, we basically start with, by improvising sounds and things like that, and then it just starts to gel. We have stuff like, um, there are sounds on the new record that we can't recreate. Um, we created them, we recorded them. We can't make them happen again, we're not sure what we did. <laughs> um, the main guitar slash computer riff in Punch a Nazi. Um, Jay had uh, gotten up to take a phone call, and he had written the beat for it. And in the, the keyboard line that's based off the Let's Go Blue Jays chant. Um, and uh, I was just playing around with knobs on the synthesizer, and all of a sudden this sound came out, and Jay puts the phone down and goes, Record that! <laughs> wow. And I'm like, okay. And we don't know what we did. I was just sitting there turning knobs and playing around, waiting for him to get off the phone. So. <laughs> we're... Sorry about that. I got this. I got this. This cold that's just trying to take over. I think "Breathe" should be my my theme song this fall. There you go. <laughs> um, well, like one of the the songs on um, like you're you're out on the East Coast, um, and actually one of the songs on uh, Subversion is something called "Lose Your Mind." Um, we had actually tried to write a dance record. People have been asking us for years. Why don't you guys write a dance record? Why don't you write a pop record? Well, the reason we don't write pop records is we look horrible in miniskirts. People ask me why I don't write a pop record, my response is usually, I'm not particularly good at it. But we said, uh, we're going to write a dance record. And uh, we wrote this dance record, and it was so bad. Like, it was terrible. <coughs> and it made me so angry. And, and I wrote lyrics to one of the songs, and that's where Lose Your Mind came from. <laughs> I was, just, I was just trying to find to see where... Uh, I know you sent me files for uh, RealPolitik, and I cannot find them anywhere. It's like my computer eats everything that you send me, Mike. I'm not kidding you. Every time you send me something, it disappears. I'm like, what is it with our communication that it does that? <laughs> well, it's either, it's either that every time I send you something or some government agency is going, we don't want that plate on the <laughs> <laughs> 
Maybe maybe that's what it is. I'm I'm starting to wonder because it just it really well, does disappear. I mean to add humor to that that statement, I mean you'll probably still get Joe kind of wearing a pinfoil hat or anything. <laughs> um but when we released Punch with Nazi, uh, we put it out on Twitter. And of course because I'm a little bit on the brazen side, I hashtag Richard J J Spencer. Not thinking anything of it, but the song is actually inspired by watching Richard Spencer get punched. Um, and, you know, everybody's got to have your favorite pick on Twain, and Richard Spencer happens to be mine. And uh, within a week, I got an email from Twitter um, saying that they were investigating whether or not they should ban us from Twitter. Oh, wow. Really? Eh? Because him and his followers had complained about the song Quentin Well, at least you got some uh, uh, um, uh, attention for that song, at least, right? <laughs> well, I, I don't know if it was the right kind of attention, but it's not attention. Well, a lot of people uh, I, I, I know... I think the thing, too, is that what was, what was so ironic about that is when we wrote the song, it was more about... We were recording it more from a basis of... You know, when did this, when did violence become okay from the left? And, you know, you know, I'm not, you know, it was, it was just funny that it's like, you know, okay, did you listen to the song? No, they probably saw Punch a Nazi and went, that's not right. Yeah. <laughs> One moment, I need to scroll the feeling. Get out of my Christmas tree, dang it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, of course, uh, yeah, yeah. I noticed that too. Like with with uh, when you were released, um, Punch a Nazi. I, I seen a lot of comments on it, and um, it, it was it was it's pretty intriguing because we we were talking about this the other day, uh, me and a colleague of mine, where people really don't read um, anymore. They just read headlines, and uh, they only listen to about six to seven seconds of anything that comes at them. So it's, you end up having to spend a lot of time um, repeating yourself so that people get the message, and a lot of times um, they don't even listen to the message in the first place. So uh, you guys with um, Punch a Nazi, I, um, what kind of uh, positive and not-so-positive feedback have you been getting with that track? Um, positive feedback, uh, I'm, I'm going to go back to the East Coast with this one, and we were totally blown away by it. Um, we opened our last East Coast mini tour. We did four dates um, and a festival. And we opened it at one of our favorite places to play in St. Stephen called People's Pub. And we weren't aware that they had even heard the record. Um, at this point, we had shared a couple of things with the owner, um, who's a friend of ours, and, and we had, uh, had posted the record on their their website, um, like we do everywhere where we're playing, you know, we'll throw some music in the in the show page on Facebook. And, but the sales on the East Coast were lower than we were expecting, so we weren't sure how many people had heard this record. And, um, well, I'm dating myself by calling it a record. <laughs> um, but, um, 
so we got to the song in the set and and usually if a crowd's really dead and not into what we're doing it comes very early in the set if they're into it it comes very late in the set they seem to be into what we're doing so we played it i think the second last song of the night and uh i went to sing the chorus and and they just jumped in and did it for me wow and i'm like oh i guess i don't need to be here anymore <laughs> and then we played uh, we played at a festival and it was funny because uh, we played at Freedom Fest and because of the nature of the festival um, and the message that the festival wanted to send one of the first things they said to us was um, we don't want to play any music that, that that's glorifying unconsensual violence or or any sort of lack of consent um so do you guys mind not playing punch nazi and we're like hmm yeah that is the first single off the record um but yeah okay we can get around it so i had rewritten a completely different set of lyrics for it um just so we turn in cheek of course well <laughs> it was a direct ridiculous shot but that's beside the point um but when we got there of course i had uh i had been sitting up all day and uh I'm a medical marijuana patient, so I may or may not have over-medicated a little bit that day. And uh, I might have tipped my elbow a few too many times. Uh, so I was pretty buzzed when I got on stage, and um, we were late getting on, if I remember, Jay, and people were starting to get antsy, so I actually was standing down, um, partaking in a few cannabis cigarettes with the crowd, and... and uh, I got on stage and the festival organizer happened to walk by while we were playing. And I said, hey, wait a minute. Guys, what song do you want to hear? And of course, everybody started chanting Punch a Nazi. Well, the festival organizer looked up and goes, just play a goddamn song. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Little disclaimer, we're all friends, too. So. Yeah, they're friends of ours. And I had, I had pointed out how we had been having this great so on a positive side, yeah, we have these amazing responses to this song. I mean, we played that song within a two-minute walk of the Capitol building in Ontario or in Canada, in, in Ottawa, and, and we've had this huge response to the song. It's a great song to, to, to play live. Conversely, um, the fine, upstanding people on the alt-right, they don't like it so much. Um, we don't like that song so much, and we've had some some rather extreme responses. What was the last count, Jay? 21? I think it's 20, 21 shows straight. They threatened me 21 shows ago that if we played that song live, they were going to kick my ass. Pardon my language, I don't know. I'm trying to be radio-friendly. Wow. Um, and I played it 21 times live, and, and I am still decidedly unkicked. Which is kind of disappointing. You would think someone had some guts out there, but they don't. I could kick them. But <laughs> you're just... And, and the irony is, I think, and this is me, I think on that record, that's probably the tamest song. Like, I think Punch a Nazi, it, it's, it's very tongue-in-cheek, it's humor-filled. I think it's probably the, the least offensive to the alt-right on the record. Um, there are much worse songs on that album when, if, you, if you're going to get offended by something. Uh, but I think 
too, when you skip it, when you when you venture into the political waters as an artist, you kind of have to take a look. Like when you know when we finished Punch a Nazi, and we were having a chuckle on it, you kind of aware that it's going to elicit a very polarized response. And I mean, most of what we want to do is create dialogue, but when you when you go that far into it, you know you're going to get some extreme people. That just um, what, comes with the territory. <laughs> one of my favorite things that I think I heard, and, and it, was, uh, it was probably one of the biggest um, compliments I've had, is uh, there's a band, and if you, if you ever want to interview a really, really cool band, uh, Who's that? a band called The, the Electric Dead. Okay. Um, pro- probably one of my favorite...
Yeah, really, right? Sure. <laughs> so show a little respect. So that, that's, I mean, there's my rant on the music, quote-unquote, business, which the only thing about music business that could be stupider was if it was called military intelligence. <laughs> <laughs> so we got another song coming up here from you guys, and um, I would like to see you guys explain this one a little bit to our listeners. It's called <laughs> Empire of Hate. How would you describe that song? Empire of Hate. Um, that, song, that was written in a day. song was written in an hour. Um, <laughs> Empire of Hate. Contradictory to Jason having a cold. Um, this one has a little deeper meaning to it. Um, I think that one of the things that there's a, if you listen to the start of the song, when you play it, they'll hear it. Um, there's a famous quote from the Beatle, or from U2, and they said, uh, this is a song that Star- Charles Manson stole from the Beatles, we're stealing it back. And they played Helter Skelter. And uh, I started this out because I think that one of the emotions that's gotten the worst rap is the word hate because we can we, we, we associate hate with racism. That's um, true, yeah. And, and they're two different things. So this emotion's been stolen away from people, and and it's one of the core emotions um, that is actually necessary for human human existence. Okay. Um, so I when, when Jay was playing around uh, with a sound, and I really liked it. And I wrote this, I, I, I quick scratched together this song, and there's been this line, um, again, you'll hear in a second, but it was, uh, they say that thinking for yourself is a crime, well, I say let's start a criminal empire. And I've had this line in my head forever, so it was going on this record, I didn't care where it actually doesn't fit in this song, but it's great, I love it. Um, but the rest of the song is literally, <laughs> it's money, and, and, and two J's as well, it's a direct statement to members of the alt-right that want around and think they're better than anybody else. That's all it is. It's you want to call it, you want to say you're a hate, you want to say you hate people and you have exclusive rights, well, buddy, I hate you. You know? Um, it, it's a, as blunt as it gets. I, I don't think we've ever written a song more blunt than this one. All right, well, let's take um, it a listen then. Here's Cypher with Empire of Hate. Will not rule us. 
to anyone, then you're in for one hell of a fight. Empire of tonight and they're coming to us from London, Ontario and we're way down here in Fredericton, New Brunswick but they're no strangers to the East Coast. They have been uh, touring down in this area for quite a few years now, isn't that right? Yeah, no, we've, we've done a couple of tours down there. Actually, it's really funny when we started. Everybody told us that no industrial band has ever been successful on the East Coast. And you've proven uh, them wrong, wrong completely. Well, we do everything we're not supposed to. And uh, we went out east. Um, some friends of ours, it had to be a catastrophe, actually told us, hey, we can help you get gigs. And we said, okay, let's do it. And we played everything from a, a bar with 100 people in it the first tour to uh, our city release party, which I can happily say had our roadie, the opening acts, and the merch girl there. And uh, probably one of our favorite shows we ever played. Who did we play with that night, Jay? Civil Defense. <laughs> yeah, they all got up on stage together because it was like no crowd. And they were like... Monty. Oh, you did that with Civil Defense, too. Yeah. And they were like writing new music and stuff right on stage. And it was really cool. And nobody saw it. I'm the only one that heard it. I didn't record any of it, so nobody gets it. So the moral of the story is go to shows. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way to do it. Local music. Well, listen. Well, before everybody forgets what we were talking about, we were talking about the uh, uh, controversial song um, "A Punch a Nazi" because people don't listen to the lyrics and find out what it's really about. We're going to actually play that for our listeners right now so that they can get a listen to the song itself, which is off your last yeah. album. Is that correct? It's off real politics, yep. And uh, when, after they've heard this one, so go onto our Facebook page, or Cypher on Facebook, and uh, there's a live video of it, and the live lyrics are slightly different and infinitely funnier. Just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> So you heard that, folks. Go to their uh, Facebook page, and there's a video on there that you can watch, and you can get more of a, an understanding and a little chuckle out of it. So here we come with Punch a Nazi from Cypher. No, I'm not. 
not a neo-Nazi. You like black people? Well, why do you hate sure. so many neo-Nazis love you, but you're not a neo-Nazi? Neo-Nazis don't love me. They kind of hate me, actually. KKK neo-Nazis? NATO's people don't like me, Are you like the hipster version of the neo-Nazi movement? It's, uh, Pepe's become kind of a symbol. to live. How do you make yourself feel better? Nazi by Cypher. You're gonna hear them getting the smacks there. <laughs> if you listen to the original single, um, Jay put it together. Jay does. Before we leave it, I gotta explain this because people go, people somewhere in people's heads, there's this mistaken message that I am Cypher. I am not Cypher. I am half of Cypher. I, actually, I'm gonna go on less than half. Um, but Jay does a 
all our art, all our album work, all the mastering, all the mixing. Like, he does everything other than write 80% of the lyrics, because I'd say he does go and write 20% of the lyrics. Like, he writes all the music. Um, he taught me how to write music. Like, the guy's a, a friggin' genius when it comes to this stuff. Um, but he also likes to get even with me for all the work. <laughs> and when you put it when we put out Punch a Nazi there were 23 minutes of the sounds of people being punched at the end of the original set of singles <laughs> we've never done that again oh Andy Yosemite or uh, Bugs Bunny quote but um, we've never those 10 CDs the, the 10 lucky people around the country that bought CDs are the only ones that will ever have the 23 minutes of punches. The rest of them get like 10 seconds. <laughs> so, what I kind of envisioned is somebody, you know, going off and cooking dinner or something like that, going, I hear something. And then walking out and realizing they've been listening to, like, they're on like minute 18 of just punches. <laughs> well, you know, it, it, I always like to picture the mother with two young children and she's in the other room making them crap dinner and she starts hearing that and like loses it and yells at her kids for punching each other. <laughs> I'm a horrible human being. Oh, uh, we all think in cartoons though, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> if we would just admit to it. Jay and I are living cartoons, we know it. <laughs> So um, I yeah, wanted to ask you guys: Are you guys are are you on the Rise Up TV tour? We are. Yeah. We are. Yeah. So we're going to yeah, be on the same bus together. We'll finally get to meet each other in person because we've been going around in circles. Yeah. No, like you'll play a show somewhere, or will you? I, I think at one point it actually asked you to play a show with us, and then we got snowed out of Fredericton. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> um, for Dave. It was either Dave's birthday or something else, but we got we couldn't make it. No, that was when I blew my vocal cords to shit. Yes, that's uh, what it was. Yeah, yeah, that was the first, the second time we had, we've canceled two shows, both of them at the Hollywood Star Room. They're going to get um, a complex. <laughs> when we play there, man, we give a hundred percent. And and I'll tell you, if you've never been to the Hollywood Star Room again, people in, in out east and in New Brunswick, if you haven't been to the Hollywood Star Room. You should go in a corner and feel shame because <laughs> just walking into that room, like every time we go out east, we play there, um, and, and it could cost me money to play there, and I wouldn't care. I just love being in that room, and the, the, the people there that are there are just awesome. It's probably my, I will go and say it's probably my favorite club in the world to play, and I've only there's only one other club that we've played at, um, and I want to. Is it called Swizzles? Is it Swizzles in Ottawa, Jay? Oh, in Ottawa. Yeah. I think that, so. That's the only other club we've played at that I would put on that level where you're in that club and, and you just feel like you're at home. And uh, that was really uh, probably one of my favorite shows because everybody there afterwards came up and decided to debate politics with us. It was really neat. Really neat. <laughs> that's uh, perfect place to in Ottawa. Right in. I'm looking forward to rise up, but in a way, I'm looking not forward to rise up. Um, and it's going to make for cool stuff, I think, uh, especially for the TV show. Um, from our perspective, like, I, as a general rule of thumb, hate people. <laughs> um, I don't like them. Uh, I have 
which means I don't like crowds of people. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, it's not uncommon that I will open one of our shows with, Hi, I'm Lewis Cipher. I have Asperger's. I hate crowds. Thanks for all being here. Um, <laughs> but here we're going to be on, like, I don't know, Mark Rosner's either a genius or a madman. I haven't quite decided over the years, okay? Um, but he's going to take all of these different personalities, <laughs> shove them into a metal tube, <laughs> and it's just run video cameras at them 24-7. And I'm thinking to myself, how the hell are you going to put the pull down off? Because I can't open my mouth without cursing. Like, getting on a radio show damn near kills me. <laughs> um, the sensor will be on that axe, don't worry. Beep, block, oh, yeah, no. <laughs> this is going to be that moment where Mark looks at me afterwards <laughs> and goes, you know, I think we should not be friends anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that's okay. The other problem, and, and what really scares me about it is I'm... I'm, I'm you wouldn't know it to know me because I don't show up, but I'm a very self-conscious person, right? Uh, to a degree, about certain things. And, and I won't be able to eat for a week because I've got, like, medical issues that every time I eat, doesn't matter what I eat, I get the worst gas known to man. <laughs> Ask Jay, driving with me is a nightmare. <laughs> and you're going to put me on a bus with 50 other people? This is going to be great. <laughs> I'm glad you're warning me about part. this now. <laughs> the fun part is uh, that uh, our home show in London on that tour is actually on my birthday. <laughs> oh, that's so going to be great. If you're in London, it's going to make for fun TV. <laughs> if you're in London and you're not at that show, you should also feel shame. Um, no, Rise Up's going to be cool. There's a lot of cities on there we've always wanted to play. They just haven't been able to. Like, we haven't been able to find a venue in Windsor or Montreal or, you know, so it's going to be really cool to get out. Um, I'm also looking forward to, like, I, I can't even imagine what kind of show you're going to see. It's going to be, like, uh, Top of the Pots on Crack or something. Mm -hmm. uh, just looking at the bands that are playing, I'm like, wow. I don't know how that all goes together, but it does. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, that's the great thing about it, because it's such a mishmash of different genres. Like, you know, whatever you want, it's pretty much there. I mean, Mark's either a genius or a madman. I don't know which it is, but I want to find out. Oh, uh, yeah. Mark. Now, did he say if he's going to be on the bus with us all? Is he going to actually um, take that chance? Apparently he is. Apparently, from what I heard, Mark is going to ride around the country with us. <laughs> which... <laughs> I, I just it's so funny because um, you know I'll give you guys a little insight on working with Mark Rosner um, and, and I hope Mark's not listening no I'm kidding <laughs> um, I hope he is because I, I gotta say there's, there's three moments in this band's career that I personally think are the reason we do it the way we do it. Um, and one of them was Stephen Wrench telling me on the phone one day, I don't care what you call what you do, it's good, keep doing it. And when a guy like Stephen Wrench says that to you, you just go, well, okay, yes, sir. <laughs> but, you know, secondly, it has been dealing with Mark. 
And Mark is one of the few people, I think, that would put up with me the way he does. And the way he puts up with us is amazing. I mean, if something goes slightly, if the ship goes slightly off course, I'm on the phone just losing my brain about it. And Mark's on the other line going, don't worry, I got it. I'll fix it. And five minutes later, it's fixed, right? So, but I think that Mark, he sees things in us and in people that most people don't. I think it's that vision. Yeah. And I've heard both sides of stories about Mark. You know, the really, really good and the really, really bad. Because before I signed up, <laughs> I did a lot of investigation with bands that were signed at one point or another to Mark. And I know bands that have been either dropped by or have dropped Mark. And I'll tell you, I don't think I'd ever go down that road. Mark's on board, and, and, and we kind of, Jay, correct me if I'm wrong, but we kind of think, treat Mark like, you know, the invisible third member of the band sometimes. It's like, oh yeah, well, what the hell are you doing, cat? <laughs> Get off the counter, dummy! <laughs> That one's not mine. That's the girlfriend's cat. Well, it's great now when it's live. <laughs> um, it is. Um, but yeah, no, I just, I think sometimes he's like the individual third member of the band. He motivates us to, to write something, whether he knows it or not. There may be a song. Mark might have said something that might have driven me up a wall, or it might have been something that inspired me, but I'll write a song and then I'll go, oh, that's a Mark song. It doesn't um, take patience and tolerance and copious amounts of 100 proof alcohol to tolerate us sometimes, some days, but... Well, I just figure anybody that deals with us has to be on Xanax. Right? <laughs> <laughs> if you deal with us for any lengthy duration of time, it's funny, we've had bands stay at my place, and they'll, they'll say to me, like, oh, thank you so much. I said, hey, you guys are welcome anytime. They're like, yeah, but next time it won't be for so long, because dealing with me for more than a couple of days, they can tell you can get pretty so I've got five days to learn about you then, or seven, whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, no, I, uh, I'm actually pretty mellow. As long, I, like, I'm, it's funny, because Jay took this picture, and, and I never got a chance to thank him for taking it, but I love it. Um, and it was my Facebook profile picture, and it's just me sitting in a corner in a club with a hood, my hood up, typing on my cell phone, just staring down. Um, and at the time, what you don't see is the fact that there's like a mosh pit going on five feet from me for the band that was playing. <laughs> um, but that's me. I mean, I will sit there with my head down and ignore the world around me. I can be completely alone in a room full of people and be happy just because there's people there because I can ignore that crowd. So it's kind of neat. People see that and then they see me on stage and they're like, are you the same guy? Well, I certainly can say I can't wait to see you guys play live for for sure on the on Rise Up TV, and I think it's going to be amazing. Um, definitely, it's going to be a, a broad range of different types of music. It's going to be crazy on the bus and everywhere else. I mean, twenty four seven. See the show? I can't see the wait to see. Like I watched that little sizzle real quick. They did, um, and even though. I gotta learn not to quit my car keys on my belt because every time I see that particular video snippet Mark picked for that, I hate it because I've got my car keys clipped to my belt doing a live show. 
Perfectionist. But I'd watch that thing and I'd like, all of a sudden I forgot we were involved and I'm going, I want to watch this show. Because it's exactly what I think needs to happen. I mean, this this industry, I made the joke earlier, but this industry is dead or dying. It needs defibrillator, defibrillator paddles. Yeah, it is. We're going through such a paradigm shift in, in so many things in our universe right now. It's I've I even heard uh, we're you know we're kind of back into the twenties as far as even everyday work goes. You know we're, we we're losing rights and everything else left left and right. But uh, yeah, like music industry is like where do you go if you're an independent artist to get noticed anymore? Oh wait, why not go to most people go and play shows for years? We just decided to go to syndicated TV. <laughs> Yeah, how did that happen, right? Kind of yeah. think outside the box. Yeah, well, it's, you know, I'll never forget the day Mark called me about that. I think that's the fastest I've ever said yes to him. Do you want in on this? Yes. Well, it's going to cost money. Don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go get a job. And he laughed at me because I said I'd get a job and I've been unemployed and doing music for two years. And uh, like two weeks later, I drive a truck. He's like, oh, crap, he was serious. Um, <laughs> but, you know, Rise Up's going to be so much fun. And it, I, I sincerely hope that you don't get big show syndrome where 50 bands play and people come out and see their friends and leave. I hope so, too, yeah. I sincerely hope that. And, and I like to think that our fans and, and your fans and the music fans in general are fans of music. And uh, they would they would stay in here on all fifty bands because you're getting here some cool stuff. I mean, I think I've listened to everybody that's on the tour, both East Coast and West Coast. And all West Coast people, you don't get to see Carolina because East Coast is better. But I had to. They keep going around saying they're the best coast. I don't understand that one. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, guys, I really got to cut her short, but I want to tell you, um, thank you so much for joining us tonight and uh, giving us this great interview and an insight that was so much fun. And I hope before we do go on to Rise Up TV, we can have another interview. And uh, our last song out is going to be, uh, let's see, what do we got here? Media Whore. <laughs> oh, this is actually a good choice because this is not only the next single on the record um, that's coming out, it's because by one of my personal favorite alternate cyber track. Um, and since I wrote it, I can release it. Well, we wrote it, but I can still release it. But also, I want to give a shameless plug, if I can. Quickly. Sure. Um, December the 15th, so next Friday, if you're going to be in the Toronto area, or anybody listening is going to be in the Toronto area, we're playing in the front room of Nocturne. Not only are we doing a show, we're going to be filming every minute of everything that goes on the minute we pull out of London. Um, and we're going to shoot a music video for this next song at that show. Um, and if you show up, you get a copy of Subversion, which Breathe is on, and Oversight for free. Ooh. For the music video. So, and we're playing with the Databats, who are just, if you haven't listened to the Databats, do so. They're really cool and good, too. 
Well, that's really great okay. news, and I'm glad to see you're coming out for, with another video, too. I'm video killed the radio star. <laughs> yeah, we, haven't done, we haven't done a video since the first album, so we want to do one. The second album, we have that one of the record player playing. Yes. Well, there. Um, but yeah, there you go, video part. That's such a cool all right. Well, thank you so much for joining us tonight. This you've been, We've been talking to Cypher, Jason Norwood, and Michael yep. Lee. And they are from London, Ontario. They're going to be on the Rise Up TV tour. They come to the East Coast to play. They're in Ontario. They're going into Quebec. So stay tuned for them. Check them out on Facebook. And uh, maybe not Twitter, but definitely Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys, so much. And here's Media Whore. It's long been understood uh, that unless people are controlled, uh, they're going to challenge power. The media are extraordinarily subordinated to external power. That's what power means. It's long been understood uh, that unless people are controlled, uh, they're going to challenge power. extraordinarily subordinated to external power. That's what power means. It's long been understood uh, that unless people are controlled, uh, they are going to challenge power.
subordinated to external power. That's what power means. Challenge power, 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 challenge power. That was Cypher with Media Whore, and you were listening to them right here on CCM, which is Carla's Country Mile. Yeah. That was Michael Lee and Jason Norwood from London, Ontario. And we're going to have them back on the show again, uh, probably this winter sometime, and see what they've been doing. I always love talking to these two fellas. They are great people, awesome people to talk to, and I can't wait to be on the Rise Up TV tour with them. And if you're wondering, uh, how do I get a hold of Cypher? Well, there is a way. I put on the Hidden Gems Broadcasting Facebook group page. Um, You can go over there, and I put a link up there for Cypher. And that's their Facebook page, so you can go on there, like them, and communicate directly with them. If you want their music, they'll tell you how to get it, and all that fun stuff. All right, so we're going to open up the lines to requests, because that's what we do on the second half of the show. And uh, I'll be taking your requests. Uh, By the way, you can actually go to hgbroadcasting.com, and we have a chat right on there. So you could go in there. You can go in as a guest. You don't have to register. Go in as a guest. Put a handle in there. And you can uh, request any song that you want. And I'll be able to see it right away and get it on the air for you. So what are we going to do, folks, first while we're waiting for some requests to come in? Well, let's see. Let's do something just unusual. Let's just do crazy stuff. Let's go with... Where did they go? They just disappeared on me. I had it picked out. And I'm just scrolling way too fast. There we are. Let's do this here one. Speaking of club music and get up and dancing, let's do this tune. Here's Chumbawamba with Tub Thumping. Give me your requests.
and we're taking your requests. Go over to hgbroadcasting.com. Scroll down there a little bit. You can listen to the radio station on there. And at the same time, you can chat with the boss lady. I am the boss lady tonight, and uh, we'll, I want to take your requests. And But you got to send them to me first. So that is the easiest way for you to do that. You can sign in as a guest and pop in there and tell me what you want to hear tonight. Play anything you want. I'll even play the spoons for you. How's about that? Here's a little ELO, Don't Bring Me Down.
right, we're in a good mood. I love doing interviews and I love doing your request show. Next up, we got I Only Like You When I'm Drunk by Dr. Beardface and the Spacemen. I'm going to enjoy these days. <laughs> we just had some new members join up to our Facebook interactive group, Hidden Gems Broadcasting. And uh, in about five minutes, we're going to play a tune uh, by Kevin B. Klein. And he is a new member of Hidden Gems Broadcasting Group. And he doesn't know it yet, but I just kind of gave him a heads up that it's going to be on in about five minutes. So we're going to play that track for you. In the meantime, here's some Derek and the Dominoes bell-bottom blues. I love surprises. Bell-bottom blues, you make me cry. 
That's what you get. You get Derek in the Dominoes with Bell Bottom Blues. I want to say hello to Jimmy out there who's listening tonight. He's part of our chat group. He's over there on hgbroadcasting.com. Why don't you go over there and give Jimmy a little, how do you do? So anyways, I was telling you, we just had gotten a new member to the group who posted that you say thank you, you know, for adding him to the group. And he's an artist. So I found that out and I decided, well, let's just get a song on by this new member of ours. So here it is. Never heard the track before. Just throwing it on here. Surprise, Kevin. This is Kevin B. Klein with Good Day to Be Alive. And load it.
Kevin B. Klein, Good Day to Be Alive, our newest track on HGB just came in a few minutes ago. We'd like to welcome Kevin to the family of Hidden Gems Broadcasting, and I am the boss lady with you tonight, and thank you so much for tuning in. Next up, we got a little freeze frame by Jay Giles. Let's just take her back a little. Take that picture, freeze frame by Jay Giles Band. 
totally different from what they did in the uh, late 70s there. That was a track out of the 80s by the Jay Giles Band. Next up, we have a request going out to Linda. Linda wants to hear Randy Travis, Three Wooden Crosses. We're here to serve, Linda. Here you go. farmer and a teacher, a hooker and a preacher, riding on a midnight bus bound for Mexico. One was headed for vacation, one for higher education, and two of them were searching for lost souls. That driver never ever saw the stop sign. Eighteen-wheelers can't stop on a dime There are three wooden crosses On the right side of the highway Why there's not four of them Heaven only knows I guess it's not what you take When you leave this world behind you It's what you leave behind you when you go that farmer left to harvest a home in 80 acres The faith and love for growing things in his young son's heart And that teacher left her wisdom in the minds of lots of children And did her best to give them all a better start And that preacher whispered, can't you see the promised land as he lay his blood-stained Bible in that hooker's hand There are three wooden crosses on the right side of the highway Why there's not four of them, heaven only knows I guess it's not what you take when you leave this world behind you It's what you leave behind you when you go that's the story that our preacher told last Sunday As he held that blood-stained Bible up for all of us to see He said, bless the farmer and the teacher and the preacher Who gave this Bible to my mama who read it to me There are Three wooden crosses on the right side of the highway Why there's not four of them, now I guess we know It's not what you take when you leave this world behind you It's what you leave behind you when you go There are three wooden crosses on the right side of Going out to Linda, that is Randy Travis, Three Wooden Crosses, and it is, holy cow, 10.43 p.m. Atlantic Time, and uh, we're getting close to the end of the show, but we got some time to go still. Going to throw you a little bit of Wash the Dishes from Free to Grow.
Free to Grow with Wash the Dishes. And that band's led by Jeff Patch. The lead singer of that is Amanda Moss right here out of Fredericton, New Brunswick. And we're very proud of Free to Grow. When they decide that they're not going to be a seven or eight piece band, they uh, come out maybe three or four piece and they call themselves Free to Shrink. <laughs> you got to love humor, man. You just got to love it. So we got another one coming up for you here. Here is a band right out of Winnipeg, Ontario. <laughs> I did it again, didn't I? Winnipeg, Manitoba. I, I shouldn't have done that joke a long time ago because now I can't say it right. I'm always saying it that way. Winnipeg, Ontario. Alrighty, here's Disraeli Dreamers with So Long Ago.
That was Disraeli Dreamers with So Long Ago. Up next, we got Dave McNeil. Hi, line. This should create a good earworm for you. Chipman, New Brunswick, and 
up next we got just some Fleetwood Mac and we're going to take the show out on a request so here we go here is secondhand news Well, folks, that's pretty much it for me for tonight, this Thursday night, December the 7th. Can you believe it? We're getting close to Christmas. I want to thank all of you who have tuned in to HGB tonight. Thank you for supporting our station. Share it. Let people know we're on. Find your favorite shows. We have about 16 different types of shows on here. Some of them go on hiatus, but they come back. They come and they go. But uh, your mainstay shows will always be here, bringing you the best that we can in entertainment, local and abroad. Tune in tomorrow morning for Hippie Lloyd and Little P at 10 a.m. Atlantic. Then tomorrow night at 8 o'clock, we have them back again, only this is going to be the Hippie Lounge. It's 8 o'clock tomorrow night. Atlantic time is the Hippie Lounge. 
And right after that, at 10 o'clock, we have the Liquid Rock Vault on with Liquid Lenny, who is your personal DJ for the evening. And don't forget to bookmark hgbroadcasting.com because that's where you're going to find where to listen. It's got all of our information right there on the webpage for you. And we also have an interactive chat there, and our DJs will pop in there and chat with you and take your requests. And my whole thing today is I have to go uh, to the store at this time of night, but it's just one of those things that a girl's got to do what a girl's got to do. Get myself prepared for tomorrow because tomorrow's a big day in this boss lady's life. Every day's a big day in boss lady's life. <laughs> and I want to thank you for tuning in. We got one last song coming up for you. This here is Stonewall Jackson going out to Linda. Thank you, Linda and Jimmy, for all the support that you constantly give to me, the radio station. I can't tell you how much you guys mean to me. So, without further ado, we're going to take it out on Waterloo. See, I rhymed that for you. It's right there, I did. Don't forget to tune in on Monday night, too. We're back with that damn request show. And then Thursday nights, I'm going to be here with Carlos Country Mile. And, uh, yeah, no, it's not about country music. Sorry to disappoint. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it's not. And I'll have Caroline, Carolina East from Newfoundland as my guest. She's got a new hit album out. And we're going to talk to her for a while. So good night, everybody. I hope you enjoyed it. Stay tuned for more.
radio stations in town were palm trees, we'd be the one with the biggest coconuts. Our secret recipe isn't so secret. Need more bacon. Sounds good. That keeps you rocking with today's hottest music and yesterday's hits. Rocking Atlantic Canada and beyond. We're hitting gems broadcasting.